Here we go. What up? Welcome, welcome. So, this is uh, the Chinese New Year episode, right? It is. That's why we are red today. <laughs> you could say that we are ready. Oh my gosh, you're on a roll. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, so yeah. I mean, we were supposed to do this last week, but um you told me that uh Chinese year still like goes until what, the twenty fifth? Twenty sixth? Yeah, it's two weeks long, so So and, yeah. Yeah. Sorry we missed last week. <laughs> no, as, like no one's here yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's also one of the reasons why it's good not to look at the view count so that you can just get used to doing it regardless because that's the whole point. Because you know, people also drop in and out and that doesn't count towards the view count right away. Very true. So, but I wanted to ask, uh, actually, no, what I was going to say is that even though we didn't do a show last week, I actually was kind of okay with having a week off. That That wasn't too bad, but at the same time, I... I feel like it almost kind of broke my momentum, so I kind of feel like doing this on a regular basis is just, it's easier to keep it going without a break. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was it was nice, well, I mean, it was obviously nice for me, because I was sick. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really nice for you, though, like, because you were sick. It, I mean, it was <laughs> nice that I didn't have to do this, like, Immediately after a surgery, so... <laughs> True. I'll give you that. Yeah. And, I, even uh, though I wanted to, I was going to try. And I was, like, the thought of it, the thought of, like, getting ready and having to talk to you for an hour, I was like, <laughs> I can't do this. I need to heal. <laughs> yeah. No one should have to deal with me when they are injured or sick because I am um, going to probably make that worse. <laughs> so... You, you do. Should be in good health. I'm pretty sure that talking to you increases my blood pressure. I'm pretty sure that talking to me alleviates your blood pressure because I make you laugh. Mm, I guess I do laugh <laughs> at you a lot. Don't don't fight it, Cheryl. Don't fight me. Just let it happen. It, it's exhausting fighting you. It really is. Like You're I was. Like, I was scared about doing our Avengers episode because I was like, I already knew you were going to disagree with me, even though it wasn't that bad because you actually <laughs> did kind of agree with me. And I was like, okay, we can do another episode for the regular show so that like, you know, like we don't have to fight so hard mm. for 15 minutes. <laughs> exactly. And, and I thought that that was a very fair compromise and, you like, look, I might have been ready to fight you, but like, you make if you make good points, what am I gonna do? I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Exactly, <laughs> and my points are good, weren't they? Mm -hmm. You wrote no, the same things down, so yeah, I was gonna say some. A lot of our points were similar, so we were of similar mindsets when talking about the movie. But yeah, I mean, it worked out. I'm curious, like. What you uh, well, first of all, do you know which show you want to do first? Do you want to do it wasn't that good, or do you want to do an open discussion? Um, they're both fine. 
I actually don't have that many things to say about Prestige, so I think we're we're actually gonna do like a ten fifteen minute show like we're supposed to. Yeah, I was gonna say I also don't have that much to say about the Prestige, you even picked though it. <laughs> I I did I did, but I picked it based off of like, um, and I'll bring this up again and when we actually do our segment, but I picked it based off of um my. Pre- my pre my prior experience of the movie with having people like um that I went to school with in AAU and you know the you know the film types. Um sometimes I'm sure we come across that way too, but people were just talking about, oh my God, it's the best movie ever. The movie is perfect and blah blah blah. And so I went in ready to hate the movie based off of what everyone else said. And then when I saw like the entirety of the movie, I was like, okay people it's not that good. It's, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's fine, and it's probably actually one of Christopher Nolan's better movies. But I don't think it's amazing. I don't think right. it's as amazing as everyone else made it sound like it was. When and I, so there was a low bias. When I first watched it, I was like, "All right, it's fine." And then when I watched it again, I was like, "Okay, now I have to go into it with the mindset of it wasn't that good." And then I <laughs> I wrote like four things down, and I was like. I mean, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. It really isn't. So it'll be an interesting discussion for sure. Um, so it looks like uh, one of our viewers is uh, voting that we do it wasn't that good first. I mean, all right. I mean, yeah, I guess we since this is supposed to be our Chinese New Year episode, I guess we can end with like the stuff that's dedicated towards, you know, celebrating Chinese New Year. Party! Because Prestige has nothing to do with Chinese New Year. It doesn't. It's a bunch of white people. Yes, it really is. Like, are there people of color in the movie? I don't think I there don't are. Think Not so. even extras. Nope. Although it did take place in like London in like the 1800s or something. So. Yeah, you're right. Black people hadn't been invented yet. Yeah, neither Chinese people. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> anytime people anytime people use that excuse like when they're in their period pieces or their fantasies that's always my response it's like oh yeah yeah people of color hadn't been invented back then yeah you're right i'm sorry my bad <laughs> yeah it was you know a colorless film <laughs> they didn't have right. those kind of cameras yet <laughs> Yeah, no cam- the cameras couldn't pick up people of color. We're actually there, but we're invisible because the cameras aren't like, you know, properly, you know, geared towards like picking us up. So, <laughs> man, God damn that technology. The technology strikes again. Come on, Kodak. <laughs> <laughs> Step your game up. <laughs> oh. That's good. <laughs> Oh man, uh, yes. Um, okay, so then we, if you feel the same, we can start with it wasn't that good, and then we can go into an open discussion. All right, cool. Are you ready? Should we start? Oh man, I gotta open. Don't forget yes. to close this time. Oh, okay. What do I what do I say for my closing? Hold on, let me think. Wow, um, you have to. You have to, how many episodes have we done, and you still can't remember? I took a week off. Oh, I cannot express oh. that enough. I can't remember the combos I did in a fighting game if I take a week off. You know, I, like, I'm sorry. I just, like, my brain goes elsewhere. Okay. Well, I'm glad you remember to show up today. I almost didn't. I didn't even have the <laughs> shirt on. Let me, let me turn this off. Oh, that's true. You had to change. 
I just show up like this, and he's like, oh, yeah, Chinese New Year. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, see, even even Soryu didn't. Soryo, sorry, Soryo. Yeah, but she didn't have to be here. That is true, you and that's do. why we thank you. Can you imagine if I just, like, showed up and I was like, Chris, all right. This is C I mean, this is C one film <laughs> by my lonesome. Right? <laughs> yeah, all right. You would never, you would, you would never let me live it down. You would message me like immediately. <laughs> I would call. I would drive to where you live and be like, "Hello." It was like, Chris, Chris, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's fine. Like I, I. <laughs> Sorio said I would watch that stream. <laughs> <laughs> I get the feeling that if we did a stream and it was simply Cheryl just trying her best to annoy or physically assault Chris, that it might be the highest viewership we ever got. Mm -hmm. Everyone would be on board for that, I'm sure. Yes, uh, way more than I think I am personally comfortable with, but I can understand the appeal. I think it's because... I know, like, you know, we've we've discussed this before, like, as friends, that mm -hmm. um, a lot of people want to physically hurt you, and I'm okay <laughs> physically hurting you if you're in range and there's, like, no evidence that can be, oh. like, found. Like... Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you have clearly devoted time to thinking about this. This does not like sound like <laughs> something that you're just coming up with for the first time for this dream. This sounds like you've actually given this thought, and I don't know how I feel about that. I, we talked about it. So, like, there was a discussion. Like, I, I spoke with your cousin about it, and, you know, words words were had. There was a, there was a whole conversation. Weren't you there for it? Pretty sure you were there you, for it. I don't remember this. I you you spoke to my cousin about physically harming me. That's the last person you should talk to about that kind of thing because she actually is liable to do it. She's yeah, like, if you talk like, to her about that, it's not a joke for her. She we were gonna do it together. To. We were gonna do it together. <laughs> it was gonna be like a thing. I don't I don't know that I like you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect you know time what? to talk about a movie we didn't think was that good. So. <laughs> All right, let's let us let us go ahead and get ready to start. Um, I gotta remember the closing. Closing is okay. What do you think about it? Blah blah. Okay, yeah, I got it. I got it. I remember. I remember now. Um, the so you're gonna start. And for those of you guys in the chat, if you haven't seen this before, the way we do it is we record our segment for our shows on YouTube on this show. So we'll go ahead. We're gonna record it as if we're gonna put it onto YouTube, and then we're gonna end it as if we're gonna be like ending it on YouTube. But we will still be here, and then we'll go into our next segment, and we'll still hang out and talk for a little bit. Okay, <laughs> just reading Zane's comments. <laughs> what is Zane? What does Zane say? I would sit there. With popcorn watching Cheryl yelling at you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, the other thing about... Actually, it's changed now. It used to be the people that wanted to hurt me the most in my life were predominantly female. But I have expanded my annoyance horizons and have now incorporated males into that mix uh, as well now. Oh, cool. Maybe it'll hurt more. <laughs> 
Cheryl, are you? Do you dare imply that a man can hurt me more than a female? What's wrong with you? This is 2021. Step your game up. Be better. Well, I mean, kinda, but I guess <laughs> depends on the person. That's why I said maybe. <laughs> Before I even knew Christian, all I wanted to do was burn his mouth with spicy food. That's true. Yes. Didn't we also, we like gave you like a stomach ache one time, didn't we? Yes, I think one time you actually um, literally almost killed me. I didn't (laughs) even make it home because whatever you had given me had fucked up my stomach so harshly that I was in literal pain on the entire BART ride home, which was like an hour and a half trip, by the way. Sorry. It was habanero. (laughs) Man, some people just want to hurt me, like, you know, physically on the outside, but I'll give it to you and Sarah. You guys took it. You guys wanted to hurt me on the inside. But you told us, you, you basically challenged us. Because you said that you love spicy food. And that was true until that day. <laughs> <laughs> and and it seemed like you could handle a lot of spice, but apparently not. So I was able to until that day. <laughs> and now we know. And now we know my upper limits. <laughs> Let's start this show whenever you're ready. <laughs> Where are my notes on prestige? All right. I'm not even going to look at these things anyway. Okay. Oh, you're not? I will. If you see me looking down, it's because I'm looking at my notes. Because I don't remember everything that I wrote on this whole page. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, I wrote a lot. um, But it's it's impossible to read through all of these in in a a timely manner. So, you know, I might skim them. But, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. You ready? I am ready. All right. Three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Welcome to C3 Films. Today we are doing It Wasn't That Good on The Prestige. Spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it, then come back. Uh, And so let's get started. All right. Um, So... I sw- so, by the way, in case you don't know, I am Chris and this is Cheryl. <laughs> oh, my bad. It's, <laughs> it's been two oh, weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Take a week off and see, you forget too. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, yeah, so talk about this film. My history with this film was that I was, first saw this film when I, the fir- my first year of film school. And the the people that I went to school with talked the film up a lot and they talked about how it was like the best film like since Citizen Kane which by the way I also didn't like that much I think A Touch of Evil is a much better film in, in comparison but you know controversy aside the people that I went to school with were talking about how good the movie was and so when I saw it I had they had built up these unfair expectations of the film and when I first watched it those expectations were not met and therefore I ended up actually kind of hating the film more so than the film kind of deserved, but I hated it nonetheless. And that's the reason I suggested it for this show. So now after having rewatched it, my feelings ha- towards it have subsided, have subsided a little bit. I don't hate it as much. 
Uh, I still don't think it's like one of the greatest films out there, but I'm, I don't know. I'm curious. You've also seen it twice at this point. Like, what's your history? What do you think about it? Um, I just randomly watched it because, you know, we were just looking for something to watch and it was available on Prime. So, um, but I kind of don't like films that jump around in time. I, like, does it, ha- I mean, unless it really needs to, I guess it kind of made it more interesting, but then I'm always like, wait, where in time and space are we? And, I mean, it wasn't that bad, like, it was easy enough to follow. And it was pretty creative and clever, but um, I also just generally didn't. Uh, enjoy the jumping around that much. It was kind of cool to see like things, you know, come around and like how segments of, uh, you know, like the notebook where like the, he he's they're reading each other's journal, but they know that they're reading each other's journal because they like at some point they acknowledge it. So something mm-hmm. like stuff like that is cool, but then it's also just. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I guess I, I like n- like knowing the cast. It's a it's an all star cast. It I is. kind of expected a little bit more from it. It was a little slow for me. Kind of mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. not uh, boring, but it was getting there a little bit because of how slow moving it was. Right. Actually, and that and this was brought up in the chat as well. I was actually going to bring up: Have you seen the movie Memento? Because this seems to be something that Christopher Nolan does. When you look at movies like Memento or this film, or even um, Dunkirk, like Nolan seems to like to play around with the idea of nonlinear storytelling a lot. And to varying degrees of effectiveness. I think it worked really well in Memento. I'm mixed on it here, and I didn't like it at all in Dunkirk. But, like, what did you think? Like, have you seen Memento? Have you seen the or, or Dunkirk, even? I haven't really seen either because I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, was... During which one? Dunkirk or Memento? Memento. And I'm pretty sure I've tried to see Dunkirk, but... Um, I didn't, I didn't make it guys. I didn't make it. (laughs) We'll see. And I think it's funny because then it almost feels like Nolan wanted to make, like, just wants to do like time, like movies that are based in time or movies that mess with time in some kind of way, which is why eventually we got Tenet last year. So I guess it all like has been leading to that movie. But the thing that got me was that when we were in film school, this was this is something that if we had done as writers, our teachers would have told us that we didn't know what we were doing and what we were talking about and we needed to rewrite our entire story. But the movie literally does a flashback within a flashback. Mm-hmm. And I didn't notice it. Like, I don't think I noticed it as much when I first saw the movie, but watching on a second, like, viewing and realizing that you know we start at the end of the movie and then we have the device of the journal to go to the first flashback but then within that flashback we have to go even further back to when these two people actually first met and so now we have these three timelines and we're jumping around and it is easy to lose track if you're not remembering or keeping like basically a pin in a board that says okay 
anything happening with Tesla is at this point in the story. Anything happening when their friends are at this point in the story. Anything where he's in the prison is at this point of the story. And then, you know, and everything else is in between. And it is easy to lose track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was for a movie that does jump around in time a lot. It wasn't that bad in the sense that it wasn't too, too difficult to keep track of. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that could be like a, per- a, t- a personal taste, like personal preference and aesthetic. But what about some of the other aspects of the film? Like, what did you think about the whole rivalry? Because essentially the movie is a revenge thriller. Um, I'm going to use the term thriller loosely, but it is a revenge story. It's about these guys trying to get back at each other. And it all starts because a guy makes a choice that gets another guy's wife killed because the women in this movie are all like plot devices, basically. And they basically spend their entire lives tormenting each other and like tearing each other down. I do remember the first time I watched it um, in the middle of the movie, I was watching it with my boyfriend and I just looked at him and I said, I don't like this movie. (laughs) They're so mean to each other. (laughs) (laughs) so that's yeah those were the true feelings there (laughs) no and you could make an argument like and i think this is where the movie does become more interesting is which per which okay and once we get we say we gave our spoiler warning which version of borden christian bale's character is the one that's actually doing the bad things and i feel like we're led to believe like the the one that tied the knot that got the wife killed, the one that showed up and um, broke the little broke the cage that then uh, killed the dove and went and, and broke the woman's fingers, like that was the more wild and rambunctious one, not the family man one. But the family man one is probably the one that actually shows up to the funeral and is like, I don't know what knot was tied because he honestly didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I also thought that. It's funny that they made that a whole th- like huge thing because mm-hmm. if you watch that scene carefully when they take her out of the tank she's still tied up so they could have they could have just like, like looked at it and like I guess maybe with the chaos and everything they forgot to take a look at it but um someone didn't do their job with the Emmy <laughs> mm-hmm. right because you can easily tell by looking but I mean I think that's one of the points where the movie one of the two po- major points where the movie asks you to suspend disbelief that so not knowing what knot was tied when you can clearly pull it out of the tank and then see how her hands are bound because she didn't un- she couldn't slip out of them so you can see the knot that's tied in that moment uh, maybe you don't remember but other people would have seen it and at least michael kane's character of cutter would have noticed especially since they had a whole scene devoted to why you don't use this knot um so the second part that the movie asks you to spend disbelief is this the the tesla science cloning cloning apparatus cloning machine and this was the thing that took me out of the movie the first time I watched it. But how did you feel about it? Um, I don't know why they had to do that. Uh, I, I like you are saying, kind of disappointed about that outcome because, like, why does it have to be a machine by Tesla who doesn't actually, like, you know, according to history, from what I've like tried to look up he never really did anything like that 
in terms of making devices for magicians. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know why they had to drag, like, why did they have to change history to make this movie when it doesn't really contribute or have an impact on the story? Because I know other films do play around with uh, history, but that's mm-hmm. like it's fine because it 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 goes with the story. Story it supports the the storyline. Yeah. This, however, is just kind of like a oh, let's just throw a famous person in there. Like it could have just been a regular uh, dude who invented the machine for him and make him more like Dr. Frankenstein or something. And then <laughs> and then I'll buy it. Fine, I'll buy that. Because then we're in a whimsical world. Right. And that was my issue. And that was part of what took me out of the movie was the fact that we the world isn't suggested to be whimsical. It's suggested to be based in our own reality. And therefore, it's, it has to abide by the rules within our reality. But the machine is basically magic. Like, you can call it science all you want. Um, but if there's no real rules for how the machine works that are established, it's basically magic. So, because then you can do whatever you want with it. And they, and I, yes, there are like loose rules. Like the rule says that it makes a thing and then it makes the copy of that thing. But it, it doesn't seem to have any problem differentiating between inorganic material and organic material. Size doesn't seem to matter. It can clone a cat or it can clone a human. So there aren't any like limitations to the machine that we are that we are then given. The clones, do they have all the memories? I mean, it seems like they do. Um, and so like... That's and so once you start doing that, then it starts to just feel like a Deus Ex Machina, and that's the part of the movie that I didn't like as much because I did like the whole thing of, okay, it's a twin brother. That's based in reality. It does come out of nowhere, but then again, it doesn't because it's set up through the whole movie, like their interactions and how they they come across as two different people, and even the people that interact with them feel like they're different. So that felt more earned to me than the machine which they also try to like set up and plant but the machine being able to just do the exact thing that you need it to do it doesn't it doesn't feel that strong to me at the end of the day yeah definitely they did drop a lot of hints about him being a twin they drop a lot of hints so Mm -hmm. um and just even watching in that second time knowing that they are twins like i can really see and 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 understand the film more being having that outcome at the end because of all the hints that they drop throughout the film. So that yeah. yeah, like you said, is is definitely acceptable. But Tesla just making magic is what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think the idea that they were going for is that they wanted because Tesla was known for doing kind of fantastical things or things that might seem kind of fantastical. So their idea is that, oh, if Tesla's the one that, if anyone could do it, then Tesla would do it. But it felt, it did feel weird because of the fact that we were in a a movie or we felt like we were in a world based within the rules and confines of our own reality. But then the movie just kind of subverts that and says, no, we're not actually. We might as well be in an alternate steampunk version of London that has nothing to do with our own reality. This might as well not even be Tesla at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, that whole thing was just lost on me. Um, I think the only other thing that I really have to say or that 
really bothered me about this film are the accents. Because <laughs> it's like, like Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman has an mm-hmm. American accent, but they're in London, so why can't he just keep his actual accent? And then he's Australian, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I think but, he's Australian. But it's weird but... that they made him American and like changed it that way. And then Christian Bale doesn't have that accent either, and they made him have that. I just I don't get why everyone's got to like switch it up and just be consistent. <laughs> I didn't, so I didn't notice the accent, so I'll have to like um, so like. Uh, defer to you on that the only accent i paid attention to was uh scott johansson's because i knew that she was american so i was looking to like try to hear how her accent sounded um but she's the only one i noticed i didn't really notice the other two i mean like i i get it because they are supposed to be in like london or something so fine Mm -hmm. but then that doesn't explain huge jackman (laughs) (laughs) right and I think that uh, Casually Awkward had a good point that uh, no one just wanted to hang with Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Bowie's like, I will not be in your film unless I can play Nikola Tesla. So make it happen. I don't care if it has anything to do with your story. I don't care if it ruins it. Put me in your movie. And no one was just like, yo, Bowie has spoken. <laughs> Gotta do what Bowie says. <laughs> It was cool seeing him in this movie, though, especially, you know, now he's no longer with us. But um, just looking back and seeing him in that role, I, I'm not going to lie. It did bring a smile to my face to see Bowie. So, but yeah, like, I don't know. At the end of the day, like, I don't think the movie is as bad as I initially felt like it was um, way back when I had to make these arguments in film school. But going back, so going back and watching it, I like it more than I did when I first saw it, but the the problems I had when I first saw it still do apply. I don't think it's a terrible movie, um, not by any stretch of the imagination. I think that it's good, but I still don't think it is as great as everybody else was making it out to be. Right. (laughs) I (laughs) didn't have any of that experience, but I just remember watching it the first time and I'm like, oh, it's fine. And then the second time, I'm like, <laughs> uh, "Yeah, it's fine." <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think it wasn't that good, but I don't think it was that bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, exactly no. medium. <laughs> yeah. It, exactly. That's that's exactly it. It has a lot of it has a lot of good things in it. It has some things that aren't so great. So yeah. I'm, at the end of the day, you know, we put it on this show for it wasn't that good. That is that true? I mean, it it wasn't as good as other people would make you believe, but it also wasn't that bad. So I think what you and Casually Awkward have just said is that it's exactly medium. It's probably the best way to describe it. Guess we need to make a new show. Sorry, no, guys. we're not making any more This shows. show is actually <laughs> called It's Exactly Medium. <laughs> no, maybe we should call the show Perfectly Average. <laughs> <laughs> I like exactly medium. It's <laughs> a good phrase. <laughs> um, but do you have anything else to say on it, or are you pretty much good? I'm pretty much good. I think that was a good chat. Good chat. Okay. Prestige. So, 
Lynn, what about everybody else out there? What did you guys think about the film? Have you seen it? Do you think that we're crazy? Do you think that this movie was Christopher Nolan's best film? Or do you think that it's like one of his weaker ones? Regardless, whatever you thought, why don't you give us a comment below? Let us know. And while you're down there, if you give us a like, share, and subscribe. But even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been Cheryl, and we will see you guys next time. Cool. All right. First one in the can. Yay! First one after a week off. Boom. Yeah. I forgot. I know, like, after I did the intro, I was like, that's really short. I feel like I forgot something. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. They, they know who we are. <laughs> I mean, if they're watching us at this point, most likely. But you never know. You might get some stragglers or some new people come in just like, eh, it wasn't that good. These people are talking shit about the prestige. Fuck them. Who do they think they are? Give me your name so that I can attack you on social media. Then why would we give you them our that. names? We gave them our first names. We I should like, I should have given everyone your address and we were talking about hurting you earlier. That don't dox me. That ain't cool. That ain't cool. Don't you dox me. <laughs> Come out my house and I just have an angry mob ready to like you know, attack me <laughs> on on the words on the words of Cheryl. <laughs> it's a Christian. I can't even say how do you even say that, Sarah? Is Pretty it sure Chris it's Chris Chris Chris. Oh, now I get an E. Now I get an E and an S. I'm pretty sure that's Shirley. I think that's what that says in the chat is Shirley. (laughs) But the... All right, sure. Whatever. (laughs) I don't know why we're talking about this. (laughs) All right. But yeah, so anyway... The next thing is going to be an open discussion on Crazy, Crazy Rich, Asians. Rich Asians. I picked because it is festive and, well, sort of festive. It's a rom-com, but um, it's an Asian cast rom-com. And it's the first all Asian cast since Joy Luck Club, which was 25 years before Crazy Rich Asians, which is really nuts, so. Wow. That is nuts. Yeah. And it has, a, like, basically every Asian famous American actor. <laughs> famous Asian American actor. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because there are some people I was surprised to see in this movie, and there are some people I was surprised that they weren't in this movie. And it almost felt kind of like watching Black Panther, where when you watch Black Panther, you're like, okay, if you're a brown, if you're a brown person that works in Hollywood, then most likely you are in this movie. But if you are, but but if you're not, it's almost like then you must not be famous enough because otherwise you would have been in this movie. Right? I, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like they just threw everyone in there that they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, and I'm trying to, I'm kind of curious, like, do you think that it was, like, Asian actors specifically or do you think it was Asian actors of Chinese descent that mainly just, um, that they uh, cast in this no, movie? No, not everyone was Asian. I mean, yeah, everyone was Asian, but not everyone no. was Chinese. Okay. And I believe the the main actor, I don't remember his name because he's like the least famous person. Yeah, he is. I think he's half Malaysian and half 
Chinese or he's half something and half okay. Chinese. So. But he's half Chinese though. Yeah, because well, because like a famous act, Asian actor that I really like is Daniel Day Kim, but he's Korean. Um, and I guess like that would explain, you know, like I was surprised that to not see him in this movie, but it would make sense if they were trying to focus on mainly, you know, representing Chinese people in Chinese culture. Yeah, uh, I know the guy that plays Oliver, the gay guy. <laughs> He's, mm-hmm. he's Filipino. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so yeah. But we got, okay. gotcha. Ron, we got Ronnie. Ronnie Chang! Ronnie Chang! He was so funny! And Jimmy Woo! Oh my gosh! Yo, and Gemma Chan! I was like, I, did, I didn't expect to see her in this movie. I didn't even know people. I didn't even think people knew who this actress was. I don't know um, who that is. Who's, which one is Gemma? Is uh, Gemma Astrid? is the... Yeah, she's an actress. She's the um, woman whose husband cheated on her. Astrid. Astrid, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And she, like... I know her because of the show Humans on um, on Amazon Prime. So that was because, like, I like sci-fi a lot. And on humans she's the star um she's the lead of the show and she is a an android who gains awareness and gains sentience and the whole show is about androids basically gaining sentience and fighting for their rights and but her name is mia in the show and she's the lead she's one of five androids that gain awareness um and that's how I came to know her. So when I turned on Crazy Rich Asians and I see that she's one of the lead characters, when she pulls her shades off, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you again because I loved you in that show. Nice. <laughs> that's Yo, see, my boy Seth, he knows. He don't, yeah, he don't let me down, man. <laughs> yeah, Gemma's waifu. He knows. He absolutely knows. Oh, man. Okay, should we? So, no, it was great seeing her. Before we talk yeah, we too much about it, start. yeah, exactly. Okay, so are you ready to go? Opening. I I open right. How do I open? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. I got it. It's gonna be great. Okay, uh, I don't want to restart again like we did last time. You have no excuse <gasps> for that no! one. <laughs> I know. What up? What up, Grad? <laughs> Welcome to the show. You guys, we're about to so we're about to start recording our segment that we're going to put on YouTube. Uh so we're just going to film our quick intro and then start going and then yeah, we'll keep going as as business as normal. Business as normal. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> she that was the is. The one who mattered in the movie. <laughs> My boy. Man, I knew I liked you. All right. I'm ready to start whenever you are, Cheryl. All right. All right. Ready? 3, 2, mm-hmm. and 1. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is C3 Films here with an open discussion. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today, we're going to be talking about Crazy Rich Asians. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, go and watch it. It's a great movie. Then come back and watch our um, our conversation about it. And also, happy... Happy New happy Year! New Year. <laughs> happy Chinese so, New Year for those who are confused culturally. yes thank you we got to educate them out there so we're gonna go ahead and let's just go ahead and get right into it um i hadn't seen this movie before this is my first time watching the film cheryl you have seen it um before so this is i don't even know if this is your second or third time watching it but like 
let's talk about it a little bit. What what did you like about the movie? Um, surprisingly, when I watched it the first time, I was all excited about it, and I guess you could say back in the day I would have put it on our other show. It wasn't that good because I was thoroughly Ooh. upset. You upset. were upset with the movie. I was upset because. I was like, okay, here we go. We're going to have an all-Asian cast movie, finally. First time in 25 years since Joy Luck Club. And I expected mm-hmm. more. More, <laughs> more, more. Because it was great to see an all-Asian cast about Asian characters and Asian regular people. Regular people, but... I mean, they weren't really regular. They were like two reg- regular people. And Constance Wu is a regular person. She's like, but was she? Like, was she though? Was she? Because she was like, like how many people are that young and are oh, a, that a professor at NYU? Yeah, right. Okay. So that's, that's a little bit of a stretch there too. But also, like the story wasn't really original because it was basically just a Cinderella story. Like mm-hmm. they just threw. I mean, I guess it was. I wouldn't say, like, they just threw, like, Chinese people in or Asian people in and made another Cinderella story, which they kind of did, but it was based off of a book, so I have to yes. to give it that, um, that they were, they were doing it because this book was already growing in popularity, so right. that, that was a, that kind of choice, I guess, but I, I just wanted more from it, I, I wanted a a more original story so that we could be better represented. And the fact that they were like, they're all rich um, also doesn't really quite represent us either. So it was nice to see the faces of people who, you know, look like me, but it, it wasn't in the context that I was hoping for. Yeah, and I can understand that when I one of the things when I was watching the film is that I thought that they it was interesting that they were going to be touching on like the kind of like the differences in class, you know, like Constance Wu was supposed to be our entry into like here's a people that didn't have it all that are just like regular run of the mill everyday people and then you have these people that are larger than life and don't live the way any of us actually live and i thought that it was going to bring in kind of more of that kind of class structure and class dynamic um kind of like uh parasite if you've seen that like and that's one of the things that they they mess around with in that movie is like this idea like the differences in class and what that actually means and what that represents so i will say when they when they made it a point to talk about her not being like wealthy and even him talking about how he was trying to hide his wealth. I thought that that was going to come more into play and it does come into play in the movie, but maybe not as much as it could have in order to feel more representative, more representative of people that actually come from that background. I mean, ultimately it did kind of, fall into a more familiar category I guess in the sense of tradition and just being traditional with the family Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of those elements are pretty true and they are pretty common 
it's just the wealth <laughs> part of it that is unfamiliar. So it's like seeing ourselves in an extravagant setting. But right. everything else in terms of like family ties, respect, tradition, uh, the culture, it's all there. Yeah, and actually that brings me like to one of the questions I wanted to ask you is because like as someone that was watching this like on the outside looking in, it's familiar with some aspects of the culture, but it's not of that culture himself. Some of the things that I found like interesting as far as like topics to cover were were like the idea of the Americanized Asian person versus the person that actually, you know, grew up in Singapore, grew up in like places in China, because that's some of the things like on the flip side, Americanized, you know, brown people are not seen the same as, you know, brown people in Africa are viewed as two different types of people. And so what does that, how did, how did that element of the story play across to you? Because that I could see how that could be another thing that could come across that could come out in the story where someone that is Americanized that then goes to China is not actually viewed as a real Chinese person. Um, yeah, that's a that's a legit thing. I actually think Constance Wu's character fit into the fitting in more than how I would feel. Like, if I went to China or to Singapore, my family's from Singapore, by the way, so there's a little bit more familiarity there for me. Um, But me going to either of those places, I'd just be like fish out of water, totally American. I'm as good as white. (laughs) 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 Or anything else that is not Chinese. So... Or worse, actually, I'm as good I'm as good as white. <laughs> <There>. <laughs> I don't know anything. I don't know what anyone's saying. I don't know what the food is called. Not all of them. Some of them. Um, my mm-hmm. my language is not very strong. It's actually cripplingly elementary. 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 I can, yeah. I, I can maybe this, talk this to a five year old. <laughs> Five-year-olds talk better than me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, 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 there are people who were born and raised in America who can speak more Chinese. I just so happen to not because um, I, I, I would say that I'm like Gen 1.5 because my mom was Gen one but she came here when she was very young and Mm -hmm. because they teach you english in singapore so i learned significantly less english growing up here than your average uh first gen person in america so okay yeah so that's we could go into that more, but let's talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, like, that is interesting. But yes, like, but talking more about like how like Constance Wu's character is like portrayed in this fish out of water story, because that's what it is. She is a fish out of water. She is in this um, place where she is not as wealthy as everybody else, not as like Chinese as everybody else. And even the fact that she comes from America there are certain stereotypes associated with Americans that aren't seen as valuable here. Like being an American means that you prioritize your dreams over family as far as um, 
like you know the mother feels michelle um her character like how does and she how she had to prioritize basically supporting the family over herself and that kind of relationship between the two of them that and how the mother actually kind of looks down on her because of the fact that that's what like that's what she she doesn't even have a conversation about that she just assumes that's what the value that constitutes character's values are yeah i definitely feel like that might not be an american thing exactly as opposed to a older generation versus newer generation kind of thing because the, they like to hang on to traditions as opposed to the younger generation being like why do we need to follow tradition <laughs> so although there are some traditions that some people like to keep so like chinese new right. year and wearing red right. <laughs> red is a lucky color like they say in the movie Right. No. Yeah. I actually thought that was really interesting when uh, she's trying to pick out a dress, and they say, and her mother says to her the same thing that you said to me before like, you watch oh, the you movie. <laughs> before I watch the movie, by the way, it's just like don't wear white. <laughs> that is that's not good. You're not going to a funeral. Exactly. We're red because <laughs> it's it's lucky and it's like for and fertility and all this other stuff. So I was like, oh, all right. Look at that. That's right. Chris was going to wear a white shirt today. And I was like, no, 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 no. You need to wear red for Chinese New Year. <laughs> and see, these are the things. Always, always growing, always learning. Um, but yeah, but like, as far as when she actually gets there, like, it's it's crazy. It's really extravagant. The Her finding out more about her 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 boyfriend, the fact that he speaks, he speaks, he speaks, uh, I think, I think he speaks Mandarin and Cantonese and he speaks Malay, um, as well. And he speaks English. And when you hear him speak Malay, like, it feels like she's hearing this for the first time. She's looking at him like, okay. And so this entire journey is her finding out more about her boyfriend that he had kept hitting, hidden from her this entire time. Yeah. I mean, I could talk, like I, I not I'm not an expert on Singapore, but because that is where half of my most of my family came from, I have a I feel like watching it I have a better understanding of the culture because it's very mm -hmm. different from China. So like I mentioned, they teach you English in Singapore, but because it's kind of like San Francisco almost where there's people coming from all over the place so there's many languages that are spoken there and you kind of have to learn all of them in school I think they like lessened it before but my grandma who you know she was born there in 1926 knew seven different languages oh man I know the one, and I know the one barely. <laughs> I know the one, I know the one barely, and a little bit of another one that is pretty shameful. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, and so, thinking about, like, the Cinderella story and everything, you know, she doesn't have, like, the, um, what, evil cousins. I mean, she basically has like the evil step or evil godmother um, in the f form of the person that will eventually become her mother-in-law. The, the also the other women that she goes with, like Gemma Chan's character, Astrid, is like the nicest woman in the movie to her uh, besides her, her other 
her other friend uh, played by Aquafina, but like all the other women that she goes like on their treat with, they get put the bloody fish on her bed. They call her terrible names and they treat her horribly because they feel like she's just trying to steal this man away and everything else like that. And she's just looking like, I just want to come here and have a good time for somebody else's <laughs> wedding. It's not even, it's not even my friend's wedding. It's like this, the guy I'm seeing is his friend's wedding. Right. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> I do feel a little bit like, she does have a stronger character than the, you know, typical Cinderella because she mm-hmm. kind of stands on her own the entire film. And I noticed that, like, there aren't a lot of scenes where Nick is there to support her. And yeah. she's just kind of, like, on her own a lot of the time. Like, they barely have time together. And mm-hmm. and it kind of makes her stronger as a woman and as a as a character i guess you could say but i i appreciated that part of it yeah i like i like so i liked her as a character especially because she is somebody that falls and that does fail she is somebody that um kind of wants to give up and it's only after getting a pep talk from her friend that she's like no, you got to stay in there. You got to fight. They're trying to play chicken with you. And I was wondering where her her skill in the poker scene at the beginning of the movie was going to come back into play. And I I have mixed feelings on how it was utilized by the end of the movie, but I do like the fact that she was able to take the mother out of her element and put her in a scenario that um, the main character felt more comfortable with. And so therefore she was able to have this conversation where she comes across as strong, where she's like, where she says, Hey, look, I am not going to marry your son. And in the future, when he is with somebody else and you are with your grandkids, you're going to know it was because of me. And then boom, I don't play Mahjong. I wish I played Mahjong and knew how to play Mahjong, (laughs) but based on the music, I assume something really cool happened and that she won. And then she walks out like a boss and I'm like, yeah. And then when the mother gets up and the mother turns and the mother looks at the other mother, like, that's right. I see you. Don't mess with my daughter. (laughs) Boom. I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's mom's. Mom's got your back. I love it. I loved it. It's like my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> I think from what, yeah, it was a really good scene. I love that that's what she had to say, that basically I'm not going to, I'm not going to make the person that I love choose between me and you. You're the one doing that, not me. So I want you to remember mm-hmm. that you're the one that was making this choice. And so right. to go back to um, the whole Mahjong thing, uh, I don't, remember exactly how to play but from what I remember looking at the tiles uh, she could have won but she tossed that tile and so she chose to lose she chose to lose she gave the winning tile to the mother and you can kind of guess uh, what what people need based on what they're taking out of the what the discard so she probably knew that uh, that Nick's mom needed that piece that she also had that she could just win right there but then toss it because she's basically saying you win this is your choice I'm giving you what you want by leaving but just so you know like I, I actually could have won I could have taken everything from you but I decided to give it to you instead I like that scene a lot yeah. more now yeah <laughs> that's really that's really cool like 
Yeah, and that's one of those things that unfortunately was lost to me because I don't know how to play Mahjong and I've never played in my life. But that's really cool because it mirrors exactly what she's doing. She is choosing to lose. Um, but yes, like I can't say it any better than you just did. Like That's perfect. <laughs> um, and the other part of the movie that I really liked was how it, con- how it recontextualized certain information that we got. Because, um, you know, when you watch these romantic comedy films, there's always a moment when, you know, the, the shoe's going to drop and everything's going to be bad. And then people have to, like, then people, like, leave each other. And then there's going to be the scene where they're chasing, running along the runway or running to the bus terminal or, in this case, running to the airplane. And they get back together and it's happy ever, happily ever after. You expect those things. But I like the fact that the thing that came to kind of pull them apart wasn't like some secret that he had or some secret that she was hiding but it was a secret that she didn't even she didn't know anything about and that made that scene like sting more to me because she comes in like the mother comes in and it's like here's this information your dad's actually alive you're not who you say you are your your mom like cheated on um her husband with another man so you you know you're a baby out of wetlock and you know and she's saying it like oh you knew all this but you can see it on her face that she didn't know any of it not only is it like stinging because you're trying to use this information to hurt me but the information's actually hurting me because i'm hearing it for the first time Mm -hmm. it's like a double blow (laughs) yeah and i thought that that was a very effective way of doing that that felt at least like different enough that it didn't feel like the same thing that's usually done with these romantic comedy scenes and then it's reframed when the mother comes and you hear the mother's full story about how the husband was abusing her and she had to run away to china to escape him and she fell in love with the person that helped her and it's like wow so just because something looks a certain way and you think you have the whole story just from like taking a first glance you don't notice the rest the full story until a little bit later and it makes it all of a sudden not seem as bad Mm mm-hmm and I I really gotta say I loved um, Michelle Yeoh's character so much. She was so good in this movie. Um, Michelle Yeoh's amazing. There's so many things that I love about her, not just just like how powerful she is, but also how gentle she can be. And there were just so many layers to this character. But I think one of the things that stood out to me the most was when uh, Rachel is kind of she's she got lost and she's like looking for the bathroom or something and like the Mm. walls are all green and it was like right after the dumpling scene Mm -hmm. uh when we got to see her the mother's ring and it's like this big emerald green diamond it's so pretty and it's so big um and and then you go to this next scene where all the walls are green and Michelle Yeoh is wearing this gr- same green shirt and everything and she goes up the stairs and so they're both on the on the uh, on the landing mm-hmm. and then somehow Michelle Yeoh's character goes on the other side of uh, the wall facing side of Rachel and then kind of takes a step forward and then Rachel has to take a step down and it's like yeah, this big power move and like that was so great like I didn't notice it the first time but the second time I was like wow that that is cool it's so unnatural but it worked and it worked really well and just that yeah. color showcasing 
like just all got brought back together on the plane when Nick proposes to Rachel and everything is just said from showing the ring. Like there yes. has to be no explanation because we already know everything just from seeing the ring. Yeah, no. And that ring was another part that was another thing I just really liked um, that caught me off guard that I wasn't expecting. Cause I expected a couple of things to happen in this movie. The ring I did not expect. And it did actually make me very happy because also the story with about that ring is the fact that her husband made her that ring because he couldn't get the family ring from his mom because she didn't think that the woman was good enough. But Michelle Yeoh choosing to give the family ring, the the custom made family ring, by the way, from the from the man that, you know, I mean, I assume she loved him. Yeah, no, I think she loved him. Um, but giving that ring, it you're right. It says everything you need to say about the arc of this character and the conclusion that she came to. And it it's was, great. It was almost like she was looking at Rachel as that's who I was. That's who I used to be. But I had to change and it was a difficult life. And I saw the toll that it took on me and the family. And it was just funny how and ironic how she treated Rachel exactly the way Nick's grandmother treated her. But then now she was given the opportunity to make a different choice than her mother-in-law did. And she did. Right. And there's also that whole thing of expectation and blame. Um, Because in that moment when Rachel runs away... And then Nick wants to go after her. The grandmother basically says, if you leave, you can't come back. And so, but then Nick doesn't even stop. He just moves. And then so, um, then the mother uh, tries to call him back. But in that instance, the grandmother says, this is your fault. Your fault. fault. (laughs) And it was, and like, in that moment, it's like, it's, it's such this crazy power play where you have like this younger, this younger woman who is, beneath the, the the mother but then the mother is still beneath the grandmother and yeah like that that just that scene and that whole like interaction was just um very very interesting to me one of the things i wanted to ask you about was what did you think about uh gemma chan's character storyline about her and her hiding her wealth and her husband cheating on her because of how he, she made him feel like how did that story play for you? Um, I still question it. I don't know why we needed it in the movie. Uh, not that I didn't enjoy it, but I can't quite make the connection for the reason as to why it's there and how it's contributing to the story. <laughs> I guess yeah. maybe it's just another another outcome that could potentially take place because... Her husband is a commoner like Rachel, and so mm-hmm. it could make her life hard in that way. Um, right. But, but otherwise, like they're different people, so there's just a lot of different ways that things could happen. And I, I guess that just might be an opportunity to show another version of what could yeah, happen. Yeah, maybe, maybe the whole thing about it is that it exists as a cautionary tale. Because, yeah, like you said, they're both considered to be commoners, and they're both with people that have extreme amounts of wealth. And I think it might have come across more strongly if, because, you know, Nick has been hiding his wealth from Rachel. And 
they never really make that into a big deal like it could be. But the the flip side of that is that Astrid has been hiding her wealth or trying to hide her wealth from her husband, and it drives them apart. So the cautionary tale would be you hide who you are, it can contribute to your relationship degrading even further. But that message isn't made as point is not made as poignant as it could because it's never directly brought to Nick to have to contend with so that he can just be like, just come out and say, you know what? It was wrong for me to hide all these things. I don't want that for me and you. So we're going to do something different than what they did. Same thing goes for Rachel. She never really gets in. Like she knows that he's cheating on Astrid, but she doesn't know the details and the reasons why none of that is really Uh. disclosed to anybody else. But also, right. I think the other problem with that subplot um, is is that Astrid literally didn't really do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, and the way really like the way that they play it off is is that like they try to it's put like both their parts. Yeah, like it's not like a fifty fifty mess up on their relationship. They really put it on the husband in this movie. Mm-hmm. They pushed like almost all of the blame on him. Which is fine, because, you know, just considering her character and everything. But then it kind of brings us back to the reason to, or the question, as to why did they do this to Astrid? (laughs) Yeah. Why? Why did you have to have this subplot for her? Yeah, and I guess, like, when when I first ended the movie, I was thinking, okay, maybe the whole point was for have a message of be ha- be confident in who you are even if you you are super wealthy don't be ashamed of who you are no matter what um so i i was thinking maybe that was the message they were trying to go for with her with her subplot but the whole reason i asked about it was because it also did stand out to me as a little like the strangest aspect to be a part of this 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 story you know yeah like i didn't mind it being there but also i didn't know why it was there like why do we spend so much time with this subplot um, but I mean, I guess like another another thing is they they did have an actual gold digger in the movie, which is the actress. <laughs> yes. So that's another thing, I guess another another outcome for this whole thing. But that was just a little over the top for me. <laughs> yeah. No. Well. I mean, we probably want to start like wrapping it up here soon. But the the one last thing that I want to say was that that wedding that was in the movie was absolutely dope, though. I'm like <laughs> forty yo, million the water, <laughs> forty million <I'm> like, dollars. <laughs> that was pretty and, cool. Yo, know, and twenty million was their limit, though. yo yeah that wedding was dope i was just like okay you know this is a reason to get married because this right here this is how you do it this is a party this is like some style i love the water ramp and mm, mm, (laughs) mm, mm, mm. yes you you got style but what is there anything else that you want to bring up before we before we close out like uh yeah that's kind of on your mind um and I feel like I have to pick between two different things. But uh, I'm going to remind everyone really quick that this was based on a book. So that might explain why um, we don't mm-hmm. get the plot for Astrid. Uh, the other thing that I know, I didn't read the book, but I do know people who have read the book. And I know that it was focused a lot on the food. So 
I, I, knowing that I enjoyed that they highlighted a lot of the food in the movie. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up were the accents. <laughs> accents again. You and, uh, you and these accents, They were though. all you over were the like, place. You were <laughs> on these accents like nothing. They grew up in London. All right, let's see what you got to say. <laughs> it was just all over the place. We, we had some British accents, and then we have, like, some... Cantonese accents, and we have actual legit Singaporean accents just all over the place. But I could go, I could go into that for a while. So maybe we'll talk a little bit more after this. (laughs) Okay. The only thing I will offer is that the children grew up in London. So, and I feel like all the children had British accents, except for Ronnie Chang. He didn't have a British accent at all. But (laughs) Ronnie had Ronnie's accent. (laughs) Ronnie had Ronnie's accent. (laughs) But most of them, at least, um, the guy who played Nick and Gemma, they had, like, British accents. And Gemma's actually a British actress. So, I mean, it makes sense. But Oh, um, one more thing. One more thing. Oh, sorry. Are you done? I got excited. I'm done. No, do it. (laughs) So, um, I don't know if you saw the after credit scene when um, Astrid, uh, she's, like, at the party for... um, And then she sees mm-hmm. uh, Harry Shum, Harry Shum mm-hmm. Jr. And I was just like, because oh, I was like, I was like, why wasn't he in the movie? But then he was at the <laughs> end. And I was like, oh, Harry Yum. <laughs> oh. oh, Lord. Okay. Is, is, is that what they thought? Is that what you want to end on? Yeah. <laughs> is that, are you, are you good? Okay. Harry Yum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we thought about the movie. Overall, we enjoyed it. Like, not a perfect movie, but still, you know, very enjoyable for very many things. But what did you guys think about the movie? Did you watch it? What did you think? Whatever you thought, comment below. Let us know. And while you're down there, if you give us a like, share, and subscribe. But even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been... Cheryl, and we will see you next time. Cool. <laughs> I was not expecting the actor from Superstore to end up in there, and the accent that came out of his mouth just threw me off completely. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Oliver. He's Filipino. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, yo, I mean, I thought that man was amazing. I yeah, loved him. I he loved was him. good. <laughs> he was good in this movie. There were just so many like nice things, like nice pleasant surprises like like jimmy was character was really funny i love ronnie in this he was so funny in this movie <laughs> ronnie was ridiculous i actually didn't expect it i didn't know that he was a, he was an actor because i i know ronnie from the daily show that's what i've seen him in so yeah. when i saw him in this movie i legit was like like him and Gemma Chan were the two character the two actors that i did not expect to be in this movie that i was pleasantly surprised to find that they were because um, even oh sorry oh yeah I was gonna say that Ronnie um Ronnie and Jimmy are both comedians like they do stand up mm-hmm. and so is Ken Ken Jung isn't he Korean yeah he's Korean he's Korean he's Korean yeah never mind yeah he's not yeah. Chinese <laughs> so no yeah it's interesting because like even um Trevor Noah made it into Black Panther. Because I thought that that was a little weird. Wait, he wasn't Black? He was? Yeah. I don't remember that. (laughs) 
Well, no one would, and I'll tell you why in a second. But you know how it's like. How do you do a movie that takes place in Africa and you don't have one of the most like famous like South African people to like be in this movie? Um, so Trevor Noah is in the film when Martin Freeman's character is flying the the jet. The voice of the computer is Trevor Noah. Oh. Now I have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, when I found that out, I was like, bruh. <laughs> I wanted to see you, but okay, that's fine. You were you were a voice, so I won't take that away from you. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Do you want to talk about the accents? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think you want to talk about the accents. So let's talk about the accents, Cheryl. It just bothered me. me. They were just all over the place. Whose accent bothered you? Like, like they were bro- they were from London. They threw up in London. I know that part didn't really bother me because I like that I get. I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just very thick. Like mm. all the accents were thick. They weren't like a combination of different accents. So <laughs> They're horrible. What's horrible? The accents? <laughs> the accents are horrible. <laughs> I mean, it, it, like, I guess if they if they grew up in London, then it would make sense. But then they would have a little bit of an uh, like a Chinese accent or a Singaporean accent. And like Michelle Yeoh is from the from Singapore apparently, but her accent is pure Cantonese. It's a Cantonese accent. And a Cantonese accent is different from a Mandarin accent, which is different from a Singaporean accent. Right. They're very, very right. distinct. And there are a couple of people, like Aquafina's mom, mm-hmm. that that was a legit Singaporean accent. Uh, mm. And then there were a couple in the Bible group that had legit Singaporean accents. But I think there were only like three or four people in Singapore in the movie that had legit Singaporean accents and then everyone else had either Mandarin or Cantonese accent or a London accent. See, I should have known. I should have known that you were into like you were going to have a problem with accents because that was the whole reason you didn't continue watching Warrior. Oh yeah, that's right. It was so bad. I mean, that wasn't even an accent. That was just garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you should still watch Warrior because it is still a good show. Even and most of the actors that are trying to speak Cantonese or Mandarin don't actually know Cantonese or Mandarin because they did not grow up like hearing it. They actually are probably more like you where they might have heard it a little bit and can speak it a little bit, but they're Americanized and so they can't speak it that well, but they're still trying. Um and the fact is that then the show then mainly takes place in English. So all these actors speak English, but the only reason they switch to Cantonese or Mandarin is because they're just trying to show you that other people can't understand what they're saying. Right. I mean, part of the reason so. why I didn't um, watch it is because it had trouble loading. And I was just like, well, I don't really care about this garbage show anyway with their stupid <laughs> accent. Oh! No, I'm just kidding. Oh, don't do that. It's good. I promise. I promise. It's it's great. And the and the lead actor, I forget. Um, I believe he is. He's half Chinese, um, half Japanese. Um, and he's actually a martial artist. And 
the show is made from Bruce Lee's like notes and stuff. It's like uh, a lot of it's very much a homage to Bruce Lee and the main lead actor is playing the role that Bruce Lee would have played if, if they had done, if he had been alive and the show got made and yeah. And there's a lot of really good up and coming um, Asian American actors in the, in the movie. And there's even like some people that come from Justin Lin's uh, background of characters uh, or background of actors that he likes to work with. So, yeah, I think it's 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 worth your time. I would say. Okay, I'll watch it after I watch Titans. That's fine. Do, you, do, <laughs> do your thing. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I really I really liked Crazy Rich Asians. Um, but. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm looking at my notes. Um, oh, didn't bring this up in the video. Yo, that uh, uh, Aquafina's like brother, I think it was. You know, the guy the who was clearly a neat. Yeah, why are we laughing about the creep that's standing in the corner of the room taking a picture of a woman and his mom and and her mom? Like, yeah, I was like, why are we just laughing that off? That's not. That's creepy. He's up here saying, I'll send you the picture later. Bruh, you were taking a picture of a woman with her mom after she just had an emotional moment and she they were crying together. And now you're sitting there in the corner. Like, that's one of those moments where I was like, okay, I get that it's a comedy. But, but that wasn't really no funny. Was, no, that's it was not just, funny. It was just pure creepy. And I, I didn't write it down because, well, I guess I just kind of felt kind of generally weird about that family in general generally mm-hmm. <laughs> generally yeah <laughs> yeah they, i guess they were a weird family yeah they were really weird and there was even this part where ken jong like pins aquafina's mom down like during the the wardrobe the j- the chain testing. scene yeah. and i was like uh i thought that they were son and mother so that was really weird too <laughs> wait kim jong wait wait but kim jong pinned down the mother right isn't that his wife i think that was his mom no that can't be his mom i think kim jong's married to her you think he- i think okay. i think kim jong's supposed to be aquafina's dad oh okay i don't know it was weird <laughs> i didn't see it i didn't make the connection <laughs> <laughs> oh man but no I, I i hear i hear you though um yeah i don't know like um oh the food oh my god the food i got so hungry watching that movie i wanted to eat so much of the food that they showed yeah speaking of food i'm like so hungry right now <laughs> <laughs> well, we can get ready to wrap it up we've been streaming for about an hour and uh 15 minutes so far we did our we did both our segments um so yeah, we can go and grab some food in a little bit. Just was wondering if there's anything else you wanted to like mention that we didn't get to talk about in the actual video we recorded. Let me check my notes. Um, oh, some funny things. I thought it was funny when um when uh like how quick word got around like from the text message. Oh man. That was so good. Asian radio. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. Like that's that's like such a thing. Um it and, was funny because I thought some time had passed, but then you find out that he's still in the bar with her. Exactly. And the mom is like, are you bringing her? It's like, the fuck? 
right? Like news travels. It's the network. It's the mm-hmm. it's the women's network. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, the other thing I thought was funny was when Rachel finds out that Nick is rich. He was like, "You use my Netflix password." <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> That was good. Oh, yeah. Thank you for reminding me. I wanted to ask. I was like, yo, bro, there's a bedroom? You can convert this thing into a bedroom? Like, what? That's a thing? And then they're in the bed and they're kissing. And I'm like, yo, are they allowed to have sex on the plane? Because I don't think that that's cool. Are there doors? Are there doors next to them? Because they look like they're like, because they're rolling all each other and they're in the bed and they're kissing. And it's like, it looks like it's leading to something. So I got to ask, is this going to go anywhere? And if it does go anywhere, is there a door? Is there a lock on the door? I didn't see a door earlier when the like flight attendant was sitting there. And it's kind of like, hey, do you need me to turn into a bed? She was just kind of standing there. And it was like, okay, that means that anybody could walk by at any given moment. So should you really be like, you know, kind of doing this and rolling around while you're in a plane with other people that could walk by? and look inside do you know about this you've been to singapore is this true i've never been on first class so i don't but, know <laughs> but have you like walked by because like you know you can like kind of they don't like commoners like, over there to <gasps> be like i gotta use the restroom <laughs> they have their own restrooms and we have our own wow. restrooms it's probably like the top floor of the plane. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I have a, I have a request. I have a request. Like, if you and I ever go to Singapore together, can we go? Can we do first class? Uh, no. <laughs> but that looked um that looked so dope. It's like a it's like a sky cruise. Oh my it's gosh! Kind of amazing. It's like it sounds so cool. I it want sounds that. super expensive. I'm pretty sure it does exist though, because I do remember seeing like Singapore Airlines does have stuff like that, where like the your seats are actually like can turn into beds, and you have like your own like area, and that that whole thing with the bar that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So yeah, I I I don't think that they were stretching the truth about the airline being like that, but I don't wow. know about the sex stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna need our own areas. <laughs> I don't want to travel with you now. <laughs> Why? Yo, weirdo. First class. I, I was. How about was how about this? How about this? Bedroom. How about uh, if we go to Singapore together, you can get first class and then tell me about it while I sit in economy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a fair compromise. Take oh, pictures. Wait, I, can <laughs> I can sleep in a bed and then you be like in your seat trying to like get comfortable, you know, trying to like space out and like lean back. Yeah. It's uh, only 18 hours. Only 18. <laughs> Fucking day. Oh, it's a long flight. <laughs> you, you get like five meals or something. I don't remember. <laughs> it's eight, is it 18 hours from California? Yeah. Woof. Yeah. It's very long. Yeah, I think sure you have you don't to. First class? I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time. We'll talk about it. Sitting. We'll talk okay. about it. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. My mom used to work for the airlines. Like, we might be able to get some deals or something. Maybe we could work something out. But 18 hours is a long time to be uncomfortable. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <I'm just saying. laughs> I'll probably be good if my boyfriend let me lets me borrow the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll just be yeah, playing that be- Untitled Goose game. <laughs> 
quack, quack. Yeah, that's how this game is really good. Um, okay, yeah. And also, I will say, I've since I've never been to Singapore. Uh, I think my mom has. Um, but based off of this movie, it made Singapore look dope. It made Singapore look like it's pretty cool. It's so, fun, like, yeah. And eat okay, everything. Eat everything! Yeah. Are are the street vendors like that? Where it's like you have street vendors that are dedicated to like mm-hmm. like crafts and stuff like that. So they they have perfected the dish that they are making at that specific specific spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Singapore's fa- pretty much famous for having hawker centers, and it's like a thing. It's like a food court, only a million times better. Yo, see. I love food and I love to eat, so you don't need to tell me that because I'll go there and treat it like a bu- like a buffet. I will <laughs> eat everything. I spend, I'll spend all the money. No, I will start saving my money right now so that I can have like a couple of thousand dollars just devoted to me being able to eat everything I fucking see. Right. Go hungry. Oh man, you're gonna like, gain so much I'm weight. Like, <laughs> you know, like that will. Yeah, well, that's right. We're just gonna choose to walk everywhere, but like. No lie, when, like that was a part of the movie where I was like just literally sitting there like, oh my gosh, this is so good. This I, I really want this food. If, if they, they invented teleporters for travel, yeah, you read it. <laughs> but there was a 0.5% chance of coming out missing a body part or with an extra one, would you use it? 0.5% nah. is uh, high enough for me to not want to try it. Yeah. <laughs> I can you feel... get into the Star Trek conversation. <laughs> just just let me borrow the switch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorio said that's probably the chances I have to die from anything else randomly, so yes. <laughs> here's here's my thing. I would never use a teleportate a teleporter because Star Trek has ruined teleporters for me. Because the moment that I found out that there was a copy of number two left on a planet somewhere and then that then number and the number the other number two didn't even know about it basically may, has me believing that anytime you use a teleporter the you the version of you that is yourself is dead you die and a copy of you is made and that copy then takes it over it's kind of like the prestige so i ain't about that i ain't trying to be take that chance that a copy of me that is not actually me gets to go on living my life while i just get pulled into like my atoms pulled apart into nothingness. Right, and I, we I'm definitely good. do not need to have two Chris's in this world. Oh my gosh, maybe we sh- I should use a teleporter. <gasps> you should use the prestige machine. I <laughs> <laughs> should use the prestige machine. <laughs> what if I can try to guarantee your evil twin is drowned at the end? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Can you I mean, can they, you drown both of them? <laughs> they say that drowning is like going home. No, it's agony. <laughs> Which that was the thing in the like the other thing in the movie when he said that at the beginning, it made you think that the reason that um, what's his name, um, Hugh Jackman's character was doing the thing using the method of death that he was using was because it was like how his wife died and it was like going home to see her but in actuality you know that's why uh cutter says at the end no it's agony and it's just to give him something to think about that all your clones are dying in agony so i just uh yeah no i don't want it i don't want any of it no thank you i i also like was uh, it was creepy when he was like he was always like afraid of 
being the one in the like every time he did it, he was scared because he wasn't sure if he was going to be the one that dies or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which. Yeah, which, which I actually think the version of him, because the the hat stayed there, and then you had other hats appear elsewhere, it made me believe that whichever version, like whoever's standing there, is the original version, and the other th- and the things that appear elsewhere are copies. So I think the version of him that we knew died a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But the one that has his memories and stuff is thinking that he got teleported. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some so crazy yeah. stuff. Nonsensical mm-hmm. things. I am the evil twin. <laughs> Did you have anything else in your notes? Um, nothing that really needs that merits us having like for like a, a super full long conversation. conversation about. Um, yeah, there's like a lot of a lot of my notes are just things I liked. Yeah, I I wrote a note about the music and just how like oh. it was cool to have like everything in Chinese. Like there were some American songs that were sung in Chinese that I thought Material Girl and uh and Yellow from Coldplay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I actually wrote that down. That was the thing I was just looking at. Yeah, so that was cool. And then the other thing I wrote down is that I hated that everyone was cheering on the plane after he proposed because that is so it's cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, <It> like <laughs> this woman, like yes, she will. Yes, she'll marry you. And it's like you don't know me, <laughs> right? <laughs> Calm down. He ain't marrying you. He trying to marry me. Shut up. Right. Don't say yes for me. I already told him no. This guy's right? just coming back. How many times do we, ha- we as women, have to tell the men no? Right. And then also, after after all that, are they really going to let you off the plane? Like, I feel like, I feel like in this in this day and age, they don't do that shit of like just letting someone come on the plane and then just and and just go because of security and stuff. So I'm sure Nick maybe Young he can so money. he can wave around a couple hundred dollars and be like, please. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 that, that's probably fair. No, I agree. I disagree. I don't care. I don't care if my thoughts and memories, which makes me me, live on. That's not the me as I know with my consciousness and seeing through my own eyes and having my my personal vision of the things around me. So no. Maybe it's like Naruto. Yeah, I would just hope that those those Kagebushins don't die anytime that Naruto dispels them because that would be miserable. Right. Can you imagine every time he makes a clone, the, the clone is like conscious, it has its own like dreams and aspirations, and then they just poof and die. And they're just no, they're just like dead in a water tank somewhere else <laughs> underneath the floorboards of the town <laughs> mm-hmm. no. no you're right Sorio. i won't know the difference because i will be dead the other version of me won't won't know the difference yes because the other version of me will have all of my thoughts and my memories but me i'll be gone they're like me seeks exactly they're like mr me seeks look at me <laughs> poof <laughs> Existence is pain. We want to die. Let us die. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. That's what, that's what Kagebushin clones are. Oh, this man. This is getting dark. Well, this was fun. We should go eat, though, because I also have another stream to do at 8, so I should go and get some food as well. Okay, sounds good. Um, but yeah, uh, but... Oh, we have to decide what we're doing next, next, next week. Um, um, I put down gee. Mulan for Mulan. it wasn't that good. Oh, you gonna make me watch that? You gonna make me watch that? Uh, uh, do I have to? Really? Did really you watch it already? No, because everyone that I know that liked the animated version of Mulan and oh. saw the live action told me that it was terrible. Um. Oh, Mulan for both. I maybe I could do that. Maybe I could make an argument for that. Mulan animated and open discussion, and then Mulan live action. It wasn't the, that good. Yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. We could do something like that. Uh, That's not I'll, a bad idea. I like that. Looking... I, I just I just don't like the idea that I have to watch the live action Mulan. I have actually purposely stayed away because Mulan is my favorite anime animated Disney film. It's like that then Aladdin. So, I mean, I guess I always have that animated version to go back to. I just everyone just said such bad things about the live action version. I don't know anyone that saw the movie that liked the movie. Right. Uh, yeah, I heard a lot of bad things about it too. But also, we don't have a lot of things for it. Wasn't that good? However, um, I was just looking at our schedule. We can talk more about the whole Mulan thing because that sounds kind of fun doing a cartoon versus um, live action. Live action. If, we can, if not Mulan, we could do it for. Although I, I kind of want to do it for Mulan. We could do it for Aladdin. We could do it no, for No, it's it's fine. We could do it for a couple of things, but yeah. Mulan is probably a good way a good way to go. Don't let my distaste and hate to ruin my childhood stop us from making the sacrifice for content. We do what we do for the content. Right. <laughs> and there's just so many good things to say about the animated version, so it's still to this day one of my favorite movies. I love it. Uh, I think it was my favorite movie of 1998. The like, only just... Disney, the only official Disney princess who is not an actual princess is Mulan. True, oh, and God. she's also one of the few Disney princesses princesses that doesn't kiss the prince at the end of the movie. Because there is no prince. Yeah, well, doesn't kiss the mother. <laughs> My point is, she doesn't <laughs> kiss anybody at the. It, she doesn't kiss anybody in the film, and I think that's kind of cool because even when, uh, Sang, um, Shang, Sang, Shang, um, Shang, um, shows up at the end of the movie, you know they have their interaction, but there is no kiss or anything. It's just like, hey, you want to stay for dinner? And I, I love that. I love that element of the movie. I'm glad that. <sighs> anyway. I love Mulan. It's, it's a damn near, damn near perfect movie, but we can talk about that in the actual segment. So I think that's a good one for us to put down. Uh, okay, we'll do. Um, just looking at our schedule, what we have down is that we are going to talk about Justice League for it wasn't that good. And we're going to revisit Star Wars because we loved our chat last time so much. But this time we're going to talk about Rogue One because we actually like that movie. Right. Was Justice League scheduled 
that was scheduled for a little bit later, right? We were going to record that on yeah, that, we we're going to record that on the first. Yeah, that's is that next, that's, is that next week. That's next week. Oh my gosh! Okay, right, because we we're going to record that, and then we had the Snyder cut that we we're going to watch of the, the new Justice League later in the month. Yeah, later in the month. Cool. All right. So then, so for next week, it wasn't that good. It's going to be Justice League, but we definitely want to put down the Mulan stuff so that we can watch that for the next time we can do it. Wasn't that good and an open discussion. Um, and so, and you wanted you want to talk about Rogue One for um, an open discussion for next week. Yes, that's what we have on the schedule. Cool. So that's what we'll do, and we should put down we'll put down Mulan um, for our follow up week. And no, I would not wait. Would I clone myself for the content? I mean, depends on what depends on what we're doing. I mean, if I can make it so that I don't have to watch the live action Mulan, but my clone has to suffer for it, then fine, I guess I'll Ooh. do that. <laughs> it is worth the point five percent. It is worth the point five percent risk. <laughs> okay. Oh, um. So let's wrap right. it up. We'll call it a night. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for coming, for watching, and participate and harassing Chris. Uh, all those are very enjoyed. So. Yes, thanks. I am thankful for all but the last comment. <laughs> no, all right. Thank you guys all for hanging with us. Appreciate it. We'll see you next week. See you guys next week. <laughs>